Hello and welcome to the Rise of Her podcast. I'm your host, Roxanne. I'm a mum of four, wife and business owner. This is the podcast where we talk self-development, health and wellness, mindset, balancing career and family and everything in between. Think of me as your supportive bestie as we grow together and become the best versions of ourselves. If you want to create a life that you love, then you're in the right place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rise of Her podcast. I hope you've all had an incredible week. It is Thursday, so you know what that means. We have a guest episode, and today's episode is with Dallin from Wave Vitality, and she is a nutrition consultant. I absolutely loved chatting with her. I learned so much in this chat and I hope that you guys love this episode. Dallin shares so much information about your hormones and your natural cycle and how a month can look for you as a woman, as well as some nutritional information that you guys can incorporate into your day-to-day lives if you're wanting to switch it up a little bit, improve your lifestyle. But I absolutely love this conversation so much and I'm sure that you guys will get a lot of value out of it. I would love to share this information with more people. So don't forget to share this if you did love the episode. Okay, let's jump straight into the episode. I hope that you guys love this one. Hey, Dallin, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to be chatting with you, all things nutrition and hormones. Hi, Roxanne. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I was really, really excited when you said that you wanted to have a bit of a chat. I don't really know too much about nutrition. Like I have a base knowledge of hormones and that kind of thing, but I think it's really, really important for women to understand their cycles a bit more. So um, I know you know so much about this and have so much knowledge in this area. So yeah, I was I was so excited when you said yes to having a chat with me today. Thank you. No, I, I was excited to be asked. I was like, oh, wow, yes, this is really good. <laughs> Nervous, but excited. Yeah, it's always good to like step out of your comfort zone. So did you want to start by introducing yourself to the community and a little bit about your background and what you do, yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah, totally. So I'm a nutritional consultant and I work from Wave Vitality. My past was... Um, registered nurse in critical care for over 16 years and just kind of saw this fitness modality in healthcare. And I was like, surely there's something more to this. And then it just put me down a path of wellness and vitalism and just looking into that. And it led me to study functional nutrition. Um, And then just really it brought the fact that simple things are the healthiest for us. The real ingredients, the things that don't have an ingredients list, what helps us heal and thrive. So you have kids as well. You've got three children. Did you find that having children was something that really made you more interested in this or was it something you've been interested in for a really long time? No, absolutely. I actually don't love hospitals, even though I've worked in them. It's just the things that you see and the things. And I became pregnant with our eldest daughter, Ari. And um, I was like, oh my God, I don't want to birth in hospital. And it took me down this path. I wasn't, I was scared of having a home birth, but I was more scared of birthing in a hospital. Mm -hmm. And I read a book and the book said, you know, it was written by a um, gynecologist and an obstetrics doctor. And he said that he would go on to to the day in the hospital and he would ask the nurses what the morning's been like or what the day's been like. And they'd say, oh, pretty boring, normal physiological births. And it made me reflect on my own practice in nursing where it was like my day is boring unless like I worked in when I finished nursing, I was in the intensive care of, um, sorry, I was in critical care in interventional suites. 
for cardiology. So my day was really boring unless we had what we call a, a STEMI. So someone having a heart attack. Oh, that wow. Exciting. And I realized that there was a role that we played in creating a beautiful birth or a very stressful, high energy, everyone needs to get involved birth. So I was kind of like, I want to go minimally, minimally invasive. Anyway, it took me a long time. And at 32 weeks, I decided to have a home birth. So um, yeah, and that kind of started my journey on it matters what food you eat, it matters, you know, what choices you make in your healthcare. And yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. I actually found the same thing um, after my, I think it was my second birth because I went through the hospitals and and I just felt like they were kind of forcing me to give birth really quickly. Yeah. And um, yeah, I found that that was when I started to really take care of my own health and how I could, cont- like what I had control over when it yeah. came to my body. But when you said functional, I think you said functional nutrition, was it yeah. earlier? Can you explain a little bit what that means? So we kind of look at health from all aspects. So physical, chemical, emotional, and it's just looking at whole foods, no supplements, no, you know, there might be a need for supplements here and there, but mostly it's just getting your nutrition from food. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a couple of years for the course, but yes, it is, it is different to nutrition and dietetics. So probably prioritizing whole foods, vegetables, meat, fats, and no processed foods. Mm-hmm. And this is just to optimise your health? Yes. I'm yes. Assuming, so, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, um, additives and preservatives and how they affect the body. And Okay. So I know that one thing that you are quite passionate about is focusing on leaning into your natural cycle as a woman. Can you explain to me why it's so important that, women understand their hormones and are conscious of that and how that actually affects their day-to-day life. It was actually in conversations with friends started to like, people started to talk about their periods and how bad they were. And I was like, oh, you get bad periods. Like it was, oh, what's been happening? And then one of my friends said that there was only an option to have transanemic acid, which my use of transanemic acid in the cath lab was always if we'd put someone's blood too thin. We, we, it was very rarely done. So for someone to get that off their GP because they had lots of bleeding at the start of their periods is what kind of was like, hold on, is that the option? They're like, well, yeah, it's that. Otherwise, it's like a hysterectomy or an IUD. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, wow, we're really just not following a natural cycle for women. Like, and if what's interrupting this, why are they, they call that like a high estrogen level. So it's mm-hmm. like, why are these people so estrogen dominant? And then it just brought me down this path of, I need to look into this because so many women are affected by this. We've got, you know, polycystic ovarian syndrome. We have flooding at the start of our periods. We have missed cycles, up and down cycles. So I was like, why, why, why is this being experienced by people? This is really interesting. It's getting worse. Why is it getting worse? So that's what started me looking down that path and being really interested. And for me, I kind of focus in on three hormones and that's kind of, it and it's kind of making advantage of them while they're on show while they're in their highest moment so it's working with the cycle and everything we do so rather than us living on a seven day cycle us women should be on our 28 day cycle our 26 day cycle and how we build our meetings into it how we train everything should be around that cycle to get the most 
from our hormones. Mm-hmm. How would it look like as their hormones change throughout that yeah. period? So optimally, optimally, <laughs> we actually want we want to have a really non-traumatic period. Mm-hmm. So we don't want lots of cramping. We don't want it to come spotty here and then come two days later full or we just want to move in, get our periods, have our bleed for four to five days, you know, a normal bleed, not needing to change your, your tampon every half an hour. You want to just have this nice segue into your bleed, then out of your bleed, and then, you know, moving along that cycle for those however many days yours are, but regularly. So you can time like, well, I know I get mine at 26 days. Maybe I get it at 24, 25 days, but I know that it's pretty regular at that. It's not oh, okay, one week I got it at 22 days and then the next month I got it at 32 days. So in terms of that, we kind of go into what hormones are dominant in that cycle. And so when it comes to nutrition, so we look at estrogen, right? Estrogen thrives when insulin is low, so when sugars are low. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do to get a nice cycle is to honour those hormones at their time. Now, it's not, estrogen's not so affected by stress. So stress is cortisol. Um, so things that we can do to nurture estrogen is a lower sugar diet in that period of time. And that can be all types of sugars. So it's just kind of, you know, you got to remember bread is a sugar, fruit is a sugar. They're natural sugars, but we just minimize how much we have in that. It peaks at about day 13. So during that time, we kind of just eat lots of proteins and fats and good healthy fats like avocado. (laughs) Um, And just in that time, we can work out. You know, estrogen is really good for your neurotransmitters, so your dopamine, so those feel-good hormones. It helps produce collagen, so our skin's more subtle. Do you find that at the start of your, so from like day one to day 13, you say, I call your skin's a little bit more glowy. So it's is day one like the first day of your period? Day one yeah. is one is bleed day. Okay, yeah. So after my period, that's when I'm like, I'm having my glow up. All right. So jumping back to hormones, can you explain a little bit more about those especially and why they're so important, what people need to know? Yeah, sure. Okay. So first we have estrogen. It peaks at around 13 days. It doesn't love sugars. Um, so to get the most out of it, that's when we probably eat more proteins, avocado, salads, things like that. Slow cooked meals are amazing for estrogen. Um, you know, organ meats, if you're willing to go there, are amazing for estrogen. It also doesn't mind cortisol. So if you've got something in your cycle that in that 28-day cycle, because we're working on that rather than a seven-day week where it's going to be a little bit more stressful. It's good to do that from day one of your bleed leading into, you know, end of day 15 kind of thing. Then at day 16 to 18 is when your hormones start to drop and progesterone starts to ramp up. So your mental clarity will start to decline. You might find in your mood, that's when you want to go internal a little bit more. That's when we do have our potatoes and our sweet potato, when we nurture and we slow down with our exercise. Um, It also, progesterone doesn't love cortisol. So if we create more stress during that time, that's when we're not going to get that nice shed of, of of the wall and things like that where you bleed just doesn't happen nicely so it's just nurturing your body during that phase um so yeah and just remembering your testosterone is higher 
around days 11 to 15, that's when you're going to have that mental clarity and motivation. So capitalize on it, create meetings, create a business, do anything you want to do in those days. Um, I do schedule bigger days, um, bigger weeks on those weeks. Um, so I do work on a monthly schedule, but it's just about honoring your hormones at that time, lowering insulin levels for the first half, um, and then starting to introduce your p- potatoes and your bread and things like that in the second half. Yeah, amazing. Okay, I'm definitely going to be writing myself some sort of plan moving <laughs> forward based on my... You're coming to see me, so I do that for you. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. So when it's like, you know, you have your PMS. Yes. PMS. So you're thinking like PMS is the week before you get your period? Yeah, so that's towards the end of your cycle. So that, yeah. that's progesterone. Yeah. So is that when your body is craving more sugar? Yeah. So it wants nature's carbs. So sweet potato is amazing for it. You know, you've probably heard of yam creams and things like that. That's the progesterone building. So that's when we can kind of, we have potatoes, we nurture that, we have our loaf of sourdough. We, you know, we, we don't feel guilty about that either because progesterone needs that. But this is with a workout that week before your period, that's the time that you go internal and, Progesterone doesn't like cortisol. It doesn't like stress. Mm-hmm. It will go shy. So it's kind of like that's the time to just nurture your body, maybe just do a yoga class or something like that. That's not the time to lift weights. Whereas lifting weights, go for it. Start of your cycle. And when testosterone shows itself, which is between days 11 and 15, mm-hmm. that's when you like you pump weights, you get some, you know, some strength behind you, you build muscle. That's Testosterone helps us build muscle. So... Mm-hmm. And is that when we're usually ovulating? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I figured this over yeah. my years of living that this is kind of how I work. Yeah. I, yeah. When I'm ovulating, I can lift my heaviest. That's when I'm going to test my PRs. Yeah. Um, but I also find I'm a little bit hungrier during that time as well. Yeah. Is that quite normal for our hormones? Yeah. That's, you know, it's, it wants protein. Your body wants protein. Okay. loves protein you know we've got to eat five eggs to get 30 grams of protein so it's you know it's it's um but yes and also if you're like you own a business so when you are most effective in planning and doing meetings is when testosterone's on show so when you're kind of scheduling even creating a business that's the time to be doing it I love that you mentioned that because I feel like, especially as businesswomen, women, it is really, it's really important to recognize what's happening in your body because we do have those peaks where we're like very, very productive, but then there's those other periods of time where you're like, you kind of want to be by yourself and it's where you spend a bit more time. Well, I find that I spend a bit more time being a bit more reflective yeah. Yeah. Do you find the same thing? Well, I think maybe I'm clouded by knowing so much now too. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember driving to work the other day and I had a really busy day and I was like, oh yes, fantastic. I've got testosterone in my system. I think yeah. it's a day to have this. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, hold on, is that because of that or is it because I know that? Is it <laughs> honor my cycle at the end? Like I'm guilty of going to training and wanting to go harder and faster I'm quite competitive in that nature mm-hmm. and I am like no you've got to rein it in you just go to a slower class that week before your period because you're not capable of going slower in a heavy class mm-hmm. so don't go to those like yeah <laughs> in saying that 
I, it's really changed for me because I had a shorter phase cycle and now it's stretched out and is more mm-hmm. consistent. So, um, and I think for a little while I started to get like breast pain for maybe seven days before I got my period and I don't get that anymore. So mm-hmm. I've definitely been able to balance my hormones for that. Yeah. And how did you, like, was that post baby that you find that as your hormone, it's your hormones balancing out for a while afterwards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it is what they call postnatal depletion Mm -hmm. where, you know, we've just had babies back to back with breastfed, gone into the next pregnancy, breastfed, gone into that. And it's about honoring, honoring your body, being kind to it and giving it the recovery time and also the nutrient dense food that's going to help it thrive. Yes. So most people say that it takes about a year for you to recover after birth. What are your thoughts on that? You can read all the information in the world. We can look up PubMed and go through all different research papers, but at the end of the day, everybody is different. Mm -hmm. Their intake is different. Their lifestyles are different. You know, we're all in different relationships, you know, marriages, stress, all those different things, and they all play a role. So that's kind of where it comes down to when I do functional nutrition, it's the same. It's kind of looking at all aspects of that because one shoe doesn't fit all. And it's working out what's best for you and what's not going to throw you into some stress state because you're like, I've got to eat this way, I've got to do this, I've got to otherwise, you know, that's probably more toxic to you than just changing the food anyway. So, you know, some people you you give them a lot more tasks than you give other people. And eventually they'll all get to that same destination, but it's how you get there is really important. And it's it's the most important important because health and wellness is a journey and it never it never ends. You just keep on going and you know, it goes up and down, up and down, but it's always moving up. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, so when you say postnatal recovery, it will be different for everyone. I totally agree. And especially because I've got four children, I've had four pregnancies and each recovery has been different and slower, some of them faster, I guess, in a sense. But when you're talking hormones and nutrition, do you think that there's a way to, I guess, recover faster with the way that you eat? You know, I believe that minimizing inflammation is all we have to do. The, the health and wellness, like it's just your body thrives without all the interference. Mm-hmm. So I look, we live a 80-20 lifestyle. I don't ever resonate with one diet over another. I think you'll find people say that they did really well on a vegan diet. They did really well on a vegetarian diet. They did really well on a primal diet, a ketogenic diet. But at the end of the day, what they did well on is the fact that they stopped eating processed food. Mm-hmm. It's like they can't live that diet while they eat processed food. And I feel like I don't like people to pigeonhole themselves into anything in particular. So that's why we call it flexitarian because you have a little bit of this, you have a little bit of that. It's okay to have a wine every now and then. It's okay. If you're going to beat yourself up for having it, then then it's not okay. Mm -hmm. But it's impossible to be perfect. So we do the best we can. And if you're doing really well at 80% of the time, you know, you are thriving, you're enjoying life and that inflammation is really starting to subside in your body and it can handle so much more force. It can handle more stress. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So that's the point of having no inflammation or reducing inflammation is to reduce the stress that your body is going through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Cause I understand inflammation and I know that it's bad for you, but I always, kind of wondered what the actual effect on your body is yeah you know they you said um pcos is something they actually have linked that back to inflammation so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like 
we know that these illnesses are coming through inflammation. So yeah, we let's we reduce that. <laughs> sick or we just can't cope. We get this acopic. When we say that, it means that you just life's just too stressful. It's too hard. That there's so much going on, so much interference. Our body's not thriving. Our mind's not thriving. Ninety percent of dopamine and serotonin is created in the stomach. So interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. And like <laughs> I looked before because if I give you any statistics, I need to quote them. Yeah. The Australian Bureau of Statistics said that 42.9% of people aged between 16 and 85 have had experienced a mental disorder at some time in their life. But then we look 38.8% of 16 to 24-year-olds, that's our youth, had a 12-month mental disorder. So, you know, it's crazy. It's leading into so many different things and yeah. My next question is like, what would you recommend for somebody who is eating a high processed diet at the moment and wants to just kind of go cold turkey? Like, is that good for you or is it better to ease yourself in? What are your recommendations there? I would download what they call the chemical maze app. And that is something you can take on your phone. You can take to the supermarket with you and literally um, look up the numbers and it will tell you what's in them. Like what's in that food. Like I always find it really interesting certain numbers linked to hyperactivity and oh, yet really and it's like hold on a second we've got this this issue with so many kids having ADHD yet we look up the most common food additive and its adverse reaction is hyperactivity so downloading that app is really powerful just to empower you there's another people we call additive free lifestyle those guys are really good they put up um supermarket swaps Geordie pie face um, she puts up supermarket swaps and, you know, these are all free things. Well, Additive Free Lifestyle is a membership and the Chemical Maze app is like $11 and it's a once-off payment. So, yeah. but look, you get on Instagram, we all live on this world of social media and there's so many tools of people out there telling you what you can do simple supermarket swaps for. So mm-hmm. just healthier options that can lower that, those additives and preservative loads. When I started to make healthier choices myself, I found it like I was really overwhelmed by it. And I think that that's a common thing that people feel when they're wanting to change their lifestyle. It's a feeling of, you know, it's too complicated. It's going to be too difficult for me. I'm going to have to change everything about my life. It's going to be really, really hard. What advice would you offer to somebody who was feeling that way, that it was going to be really, really difficult and they were feeling overwhelmed about making a change? Think starts small. And pat yourself on the back for those small changes because they create the ripple effect. So I would never, like when people come and see me, it's always just one one thing at a time. So this week we'll do this and this week we'll do this. It's just I want to set people up for success, not failure. You go backwards in your healing journey rather than forwards. So look, one thing, shift one thing. Okay, well, maybe I'm not going to buy white bread I'm going to start transitioning people to sourdough or we're going to buy those you know we buy those those wraps at Coles with all the additives and preservatives and I'm just going to get those mountain bread wraps and that's the one change going to let the kids get used to it and that's the one simple thing we've done awesome because everything will filter from there once you start looking at packets you go down some rabbit holes so you just do simple changes one at a time and kids kids do much better with that as well. Mm-hmm. I think a common thing people deal with as well is having a sweet tooth and with all of the options that are out there all the time, there's, you know, you go to the checkout and there's lollies there. 
if somebody has a major, major sweet tooth and struggle with that, I guess, sugar addiction, yeah. what would you recommend in that aspect? Because I'm a major sweet tooth, hugely, and it is a problem for me because I will eat a little bit of sugar and then suddenly it's like I'm craving it constantly. So yeah, I would love to hear what you your thoughts are on that. Well, we can always make healthier options with that. Like there's a thing you can get a date and put a little bit of nut butter or peanut butter in it and throw it in the freezer and it tastes like a chewy caramel. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do healthier options of that. I think you need to pay attention to your blood sugar. So the one thing for me is blood sugar is so much more important than what you see on the scale. Okay. So um, we're, we're driving insulin. We're making it work hard. We have so many people that are diabetic and diabetes leads to lots of other diseases. So yeah, I believe you need to get a curb on the sweet tooths and make healthier options with it. They are there. They're definitely there. It's just about, it's fine to do that, but you just choose something a little bit better. Yeah. It's just making the conscious choices for sure. Insulin is very interesting to me because I know you mentioned like it does spike, does it spike your insulin? You need to get in control of that. Can you explain why that is so important for people? Well, look, I think you want what they call metabolic flexibility. So you want to be able to switch into your fat burner source of fuel rather than always just being in this glycogen glucose store of of fuel. There is so many illnesses that come from that. So look, it's, yeah, it's hard to talk about, like you kind of deal with person to person, what they're doing and what's like, I don't want anyone to be listening and then getting all overwhelmed and demonizing sugar. That's not what I'm here to do. Yeah. I don't want to demonize food. I believe that food is medicine. It heals us. So the last thing I'd want is to demonize something. Um, I'm just saying maybe natural sugars are a, a better option. Better option. Yeah, definitely. Sugar, look, I, I, bake cookies. I do all of that. I use coconut sugar to bake cookies mm-hmm. or honey or maple syrup. So um, I'm, I'm not getting rid of sugar. I'm just using a healthier option for it. Yeah. It's more the processed forms of sugar that are, you know, like white sugars and yeah. your Kit Kats and <laughs> that kind of thing. I did. I listened to a podcast and I was like, oh my God, I'm on a fast track to diabetes because I would get hangry. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that that was normal. And then I listened and then I, you know, I went and did more research. I was like, oh, my God, I could become diabetic. And that made me do certain things that I wouldn't have done. I was like, oh, I'm not interested in doing that. And then I was like, wow, that made a big, I I just thought that was normal. And that made a big shift for me. I don't get hangry anymore. I can go without food. Interesting. If you are feeling hangry, what exactly does that indicate to you? Well, (laughs) I have to be careful here, but (laughs) (laughs) like, it's kind of like you're not metabolically fit. You're Mm -hmm. eating sugar stores for fuel. You're not tapping into your fat stores. So if somebody is wanting to change their nutrition, they're wanting to you know, make better lifestyle choices for themselves just to reduce inflammation or really just feel a little bit more in control of how they're feeling, I suppose. Where do you think the best places to get information would be? You can go on to Instagram and you can find lots of different information. Um, I think you just got to go with what resonates with you. For me, it's keep it simple. It's, you know what I mean? It's not eat food that is an ingredient, not that has an ingredient list. Make stuff. You know, learn how to cook again, empower yourself, you know, put 
beautiful love and energy into cooking and it, it gives it back to you. So drink filtered water. Let's, you know, there's so much pesticides in our water. Just drinking filtered water is a really good place to start. I love that you said that about filtered water. (laughs) The other day I mentioned on my Instagram stories that I wasn't enjoying tap water at the moment. Yeah. Um, So I've been drinking just like sparkling water. Yeah. I don't know why. I've just I'm enjoying the bubbles. I think it's the heat or something. But I had so many responses of people saying, if you don't like your tap water, it's because you need to filter it. And I was like, no, 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 I have a filter. (laughs) I'm fully aware of what's in tap water because it's really scary when you actually look into it. Yeah, it is. Um, And again, that's another thing to be careful of. Filtered water is like my 101 for people. It's just like, we can't get rid of the pesticides in the water. There's a lot of chlorine in it. It you know, filter your water and you can add minerals to it if you want, do what you need mm-hmm. to do. But um, with you being thirsty, I would say that you probably need some minerals if you're not enjoying Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm learning so much today. <laughs> if you are wanting to direct somebody to get more assistance in this field, like they've tried it themselves, where would you recommend that they start? Well, they can definitely come and see me. I do online bookings as well. So I have clients all over Australia and I'm going to tap into the overseas market soon. But look, I think that if you can find anyone that's a, you know, a natural nutritionist or something like that, that can support you, then that's wonderful. Or a nutritional coach or a functional nutritionist, because sometimes we need our handheld a little bit. Yeah, I think that just start looking. I like Cindy O'Meara is always a good one to follow, Changing Habits. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've seen her journey over the years, yeah, she has lots of good information and lots of easy to sub out options for just making healthier choices rather than changing your whole lifestyle. Just start Mm -hmm. with making little healthier choices like have butter over margarine. um, You know, I don't buy self-raising flour I create my own self-raising flour so I just buy an unbleached organic flour and it doesn't have to be expensive and I just get the one type of flour and then to make it self-raising you add baking powder that doesn't have aluminium in it and then mm-hmm. both are dear to buy um and just making little simple things like that and you know washing your veggies having there's a thing called the clean 15 and the dirty dozen familiarize yourself with that um try and buy organic where you can and when you can't you know, there's ways to wash your fruit to get the pesticides off your fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all of those little things, yeah, and those look, little things make a big yeah. difference. <laughs> so lucky in social media because we could just Google any of that or yeah. do the search and it comes up. And then all of a sudden, once you follow a couple of people, those same similar mindset people follow, like come up to and pop up and you follow and you take all their information and filter it through your own lens. So what makes you feel good? Start listening to your body, get in tune with it and be like, you know what, even because she said that, that doesn't feel nice for me. So I'm not doing that anymore. Or he said I should do this, but that doesn't feel right. So I'm not going to do it. So I know like we talk, we spoke a little bit about like trusting your body and trying to get a feel for it. Do you find that the most important thing is just to kind of try to be more mindful? Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like, like you've heard of like, you know, the gut brain axis and things like that, those chemical switches between the gut and the brain. We've heard of our gut intuition tells us not to do something like that is a real thing. We can look that up. And it's just like tuning into that and believing in your body. Your body has this innate intelligence. We have over 50 trillion cells working simultaneously without us telling it what to do. We can create a baby. We can give birth to a baby. A woman during childbirth goes through more pain than 
then what what did they say? I saw something about this the other day and like 50 broken ribs at the one time. Mm. But they can do it because their hormones are released. They're in this state where their body opens up to that. So it's kind of like our bodies are incredible. So we've just got to tap into it and let them do what they do. We mm. can't control them. We don't we don't know enough about them, but they're you know, we're, we're superhuman. We're awesome. <laughs> There's so much information always coming out, like every single day, new information about how our bodies work. If you're kind of overwhelmed, you just got to cut the noise, yeah. just shut it out for a little bit. And just, yeah, like you said, tap into yourself and figure out what you're actually feeling. Because I know for me lately, I have definitely felt like there's something else going on. And I know that we're going to have a consult very shortly anyway, just so hopefully can help me out with what I'm going through. But yeah, I've, I just feel like something's not quite right. And I felt that for a while because I, my period was starting to get painful again. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I was really struggling with the idea that I was possibly doing something that wasn't right for me, obviously was starting to have a bit more sugar than I would normally have. And that I just adding that in was like, wow, I cannot believe the difference. So yeah, it's, I think it's really, really important to be able to tune into what you're actually feeling and from there go, okay, what do I need to do next? Maybe I need to get assistance somewhere. (laughs) The funny thing is about like extra sweet, feeling like you want sweets more. Sometimes it can be that you need magnesium and protein. So it's kind of like we go back to those minerals and vitamins and what kind of what the body shows when it's depleted in one of those. And it's kind of like, oh, I'm having this more. I'm needing more sugar. I'm kind of, it's like, okay, well, why don't you just try eat a little bit more protein and maybe have an Epsom salt bath to increase your magnesium and see what happens. Interesting. So your body can tell you something and you're, I guess you can kind of mistake it for something else, right? Yeah. Well, it's like, hold on, I'm needing sugar, but it's not, it's actually needing protein and magnesium. So Uh, so you have to decipher the message. (laughs) It comes with like, but you can just try a few things. It's like, okay, like I, I know for instance, my mom, I can definitely talk about her. She doesn't mind. Um, I, you know, she gets these nighttime sugar cravings and then we did a detox together and all of a sudden she's like, oh, my God, they went away and I feel so good. I guess a lot of people don't know what it feels like to feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then she always, after, you know, 60 years, she had this thing of like, I've never felt so good in my life when I'm 60. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because she did this cleaning out process and it kicked the sugar habit. But she said to me the other day, oh, I'm going back for the sugars again. And I was like, oh, are you taking any of your, like, your nutrient-dense foods and things like that? Like, you know, we eat liver. <laughs> I was like, you having any liver and things? And she's like, no. And I was like, oh, so maybe if you just go back to that and see if you still. And she's like, oh, yeah, that did work. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it's like your body's craving something, it needs something. It is giving you the message, it's telling you. And it's like, okay, well, what does it need? And okay. yeah. that's just like made my brain go like haywire a little bit there. <laughs> so like, what is my body telling me? Because I think that I know what it's telling me, but I don't know what it's telling me. So it's interesting. Gut health. Well, that's kind of what it, it, it all is about. Yeah, okay. Sealing, sealing the gut to allow yeah. the absorption of nutrients. So when we have gut dysbiosis, which means that the nutrients aren't being absorbed, we have you would have heard of leaky gut, things like that. 
that's kind of the starting point of all this other stuff. So we kind of try and lower the inflammation to heal that gut wall so that it can start to thrive and absorb nutrients and function really well. So, you know, um, a lot of people have like chronic constipation and could be walking around with like one to three kilos of waste products just sitting in their bowel because it hasn't gotten out. And that's what kind of creates this dysbiosis. It's And, you know, so we start by just starting to clean out the bowel, start eating, and that's just by eating eating lots of veggies, starting mm-hmm. to just purge that that bowel wall and starting to get the gut motility firing. So yeah. the peristalsis of the gut, get it moving, getting pushing and working. So, you know, when you've got chronic constipation, you're keeping crap in. If you had to recommend five vegetables to switch it up completely for you, make it a bit the biggest difference, what would you recommend? <laughs> I have to say, Roxanne, I'm a seasonal person. I don't believe we should eat the same veggies all the time. Okay. I love that. But look, have fun with some different flavors and get the kids growing the food in the garden and then they will eat it. I feel like cauliflower is a really good one because we can turn it into rice. We can turn it into a mash. We can, you know, we can have, we can make a pizza base from it. We can do some really cool things with that. Um, It never hurts to have more greens, but I would say when you're having greens, it's best that you have organic greens um they tend to be on the dirty dozen so um carrots are always really good too and I don't know kids kids will eat celery and carrots and cucumber and take it to school so yeah I don't know I'm beetroot's amazing play with beetroot yeah there's so many different vegetables that you can I can't answer that questions too too hard everything that like God created created perfectly to absorb so like say if you look at a oyster it's high in zinc it's high in copper it's everything that's needed to absorb zinc and copper so and iron so it's kind of like if we're eating food in nature it's like you would have heard about walnuts being really good for the brain and carrots being good for the eyes because they look like but that's because those micronutrients in that or the vitamins and minerals in that fruit or vegetable or food product is perfectly created to be assimilated by the body to take uptake all the nutrients. This is so interesting. So the way that I envisioned what you just said was like a carrot, for example, is in the ground and it's made to absorb what's in the soil. Yeah. Right. So then when we eat it, whatever is from the earth has come into the vegetable, then we eat that and then we absorb those nutrients. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Everything is purposeful and created in harmony okay. with the body. So, but then yeah. when we go to a packet and we're adding this and that, and, you know, we're adding lots of seed oils and things like that. Like, to be honest, that's one thing. If you were able to get rid of one thing in your diet and not do anything else and you got rid of seed oils, that's powerful. Seed oils? Seed oils. So, you know. Um, like sunflower oil, yeah, canola oil. Canola oil. Yeah. So the best oil and I've heard is. Peanut oil, vegetable oil. All of those. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah. doing really horrible stuff to our gut. So it's oh, kind of okay. like that kind of stuff affects yeah. how we absorb nutrients. So we could just get rid of that. And yeah. yeah. So if if you want to have an oil, would you, rec- what would your recommend- yeah. so, recommendation um, be? Yeah. Look, you can, for heating, you probably just, like I always say, for heating, maybe ghee, which is a clarified butter. So it takes the dairy out of the butter. Um, avocado oil can handle a bit of heat and coconut oil can handle heat but olive oil on your dressings is really good like you know when I make dressing I always use olive oil I love the taste of olive oil I just use a cold pro 
a cold pressed olive oil. Okay. Um, but yeah, for cooking, definitely coconut oil, ghee, tallow. Um, if you eat meat, and probably the three biggest ones. I guess your whole message is just let's focus on more whole foods and actual food for us and let's get rid of as much process as we can essentially most like most of it right (laughs) it's hard though you still want to be able to have that that's why I say we live this flexitarian where Mm -hmm. we do do 20% we'll go and do this we'll go out for dinner we can't control that and we don't want to micromanage that but if 80% of the time we're cooking our own food at home we're getting the kids involved in cooking our food you're putting love and energy into it and it's giving it back to you. So um, that might sound a little bit hoo-hoo, but <laughs> it's true. Have you ever like made something and you're like, oh, that just felt so good. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you're growing herbs and even yeah. just adding basil. <laughs> it's just, uh, I know every time we've gone and picked something out from our garden, it's like, oh, we grew this from ourselves. But yeah, no, I totally understand that. And I think for me, this has been a very inspiring chat but yeah I like what you said about it being 80 20 and you want it to be you know majority of the time you're doing these things that are actually you know fueling your body and helping your body healing your body and then you have an allowance (laughs) have a balance (laughs) it's got to be sustainable otherwise you'll never do it or you'll rebel against it yeah and that's not what you want it's like you just you embrace it at the time and you know do better next meal or Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's the biggest thing I find is not punishing yourself when something doesn't go the way that you expected it to, because I feel like that's so much more that hurts you so much more. And it hurts your the way that you're thinking about your food as well, because you're associating it with this punishment and this poor feeling, whereas it's like, okay, we did our best today. Let's try again tomorrow. Let's keep going. (laughs) gets a little bit better every time but then you know when you're punishing yourself for eating something that you didn't want to eat necessarily you can get stuck in feeling really bad about it and then you don't want to try again because you're thinking about it being so bad it just doesn't serve you it's not gonna you can't take it back you just embrace it be like oh you know what I really enjoyed that it was actually really yummy and I'm good to not have that tomorrow yeah oh yeah but if you're feeling really bad about it then it's like okay come on (laughs) you did it it's done so embrace it and yeah yeah just move forward keep going like write your shopping list do find a couple of recipes that you're like oh I'd really like to try this and yeah make up for it by like empowering yourself rather than beating yourself up just try to make it more fun right Yes. Yeah. And enjoyable for you. Um, okay. Well, if you're ready for some rapid fire questions, yeah. I'd love to ask you a few. Um, I have five questions and if you can answer them in a sentence or less, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first one is what motivates you to get out of bed in the morning? My kids and my husband. Uh, what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Low, low fat is better for you. Interesting. (laughs) What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? To believe in yourself. What is the most rewarding thing about what you do or your business? Seeing people excited, thriving and glowing. And what was your quote unquote dream job when you were younger? I think it was to be a fashion designer. (laughs) It's just so funny because I heard Sharon's and I was like, oh, she kind of did what I wanted to do. she said she did fashion (laughs) yeah oh see I I love hearing that answer from people and seeing like what they were interested when they were younger 
because I yeah I wanted to be a vet so do you know what though I would still design fashion I still yeah. love <laughs> why not I would still like to be a vet just not have to put them down or anything yes that's that's a good point with the worst pe- I have a question about the worst piece of advice that you ever received that being low fat is better yes why is that not a good piece of advice I like low calorie low fat it's just got synthetics in it higher sugar content it just I thought I ate really well mm-hmm. I thought I had but I've never been more unwell in my life when so, you were going for more low fat meals yeah so I'd have like skim yogurt skim milk um you know I think I'd eat I'd go to work and I'd microwave rice and put a thing a tin of tuna on it with microwave veggies <laughs> and I laugh at that now but maybe that's what people do <laughs> yeah and that's probably like seen as healthy, but it wasn't. And I don't even have to try now. I feel like I eat more quality foods. I definitely do not go for skim or low fat options, but I'm healthier and lighter. Mm-hmm. So they're saying it's low fat and the fat content's really low, but then the sugar content's really high to make it taste good, <laughs> to make you think that you're like actually eating something that's good for you, which is very <laughs> interesting. There's a really cool girl to follow called the glucose goddess. And mm-hmm. she looks at like how sugars spike and like um, she does lots of graphs, really easy to understand, really fun to understand lady. Um, and she's a scientist, but um, yeah, she looks at like the low, low fat, like yogurt and stuff and then compares it to a full fat yogurt. And you look at how insulin spikes in your body and then the plummet and like no wonder you get hungrier after eating that whereas you have the fat and you're content so yeah yeah interesting Hmm. but yeah she's someone to follow she's really cool yeah I'll definitely go check her out do you have any advice like a last little tidbit of advice for anybody today that might need to hear it yeah well look sickness costs more than health so empower yourself to be healthier and you'll reap the rewards from it. So it's not always the easiest option, but the things that are the most worthwhile, you have to work hard for. So for instance, having a baby, it's hard, it's hard work, but it's the most rewarding thing for me that you'll ever do in your life. So, but it's not easy being healthy. Sometimes there's a lot of work to start with, but then it feels light and it feels easy and you just got to start. I love that so much because it's so true. (laughs) (laughs) it's so 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 true especially what you said about um it might seem hard at first but then it becomes really easy because there's so many examples of that in my life (laughs) where I'm like yep it makes perfect sense look at your business it's so hard but then it starts you start to reap the benefits you start yeah to reward you and preventing it is easier than finding a cure um which is totally correct but it's also I think the saying when people say oh won't affect me like I'm like I'm fine and it's like what does that look like in 10 years yeah you'll find then does it matter now because everything that you do now will have a ripple effect on 10 years and I think Mm -hmm. when we live for the immediate then you know we kind of fall into that category oh it won't matter but yeah yeah (laughs) fun if you're given the information it's kind of like let's try to use it as best we can because you can yeah. feel incredible in your day-to-day if you're taking care of your body and your mind and what you're eating and all of those things as well. And I feel like our our lives are made of those little moments. So why would you not want to make them the best? 
Yeah, but I guess that comes down to like if you know what it feels like to feel good, you mm-hmm. don't want to bad anymore. Like, yeah, for instance, I'll bring my mom from again and she was like, oh, but I can't eat white bread anymore. It just bothers me. And I was like, no, because you you didn't have the interference anymore. So you knew what it felt like to yes. thrive. And when you're not thriving and you get that, it's like, oh, can't do it. It's not that you can't do it. It's just that you don't like that feeling anymore because you know it, you can sense it, you can, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I guess before we wrap things up, did you want to share where people can find more of you or if they want to get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm at Wave Vitality um, and we're on the Sunshine Coast and bookings can be made online at www.wavevitality.com.au. And um, at the moment I'm only doing uh, like I do in-house and like telehealth kind of appointments. So if you can't find a an appointment. I've got a four year, five year old now who goes to school next year. So next year opens up my bookings a lot more. Um, but if you can't find an appointment, you're always welcome to ring the office um, and the numbers on the website, but also have a look at the website. There's lots of recipes, you know, to make with the kids, have fun and enjoy, or just to make for yourself and follow our Instagram and yeah. Yeah, you guys are all very holistic. I, like I said earlier, like I love the vibe, the vibe at Wave. Um, it just, just like being around you guys and your energy makes you want to be, I don't know, it's really like uplifting, I'm going to say. Yeah. Like every time I go, like, I, well, I haven't been in for a while, but like when I was in there all the time, I just, I loved it because I was like, I just want to be this like super clean, vibrant human being. <laughs> all the time. And I, yeah, I absolutely love that. So um, I will link everything in the show notes anyway. Thank you. But yeah, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. I've absolutely loved chatting to you today. And I think that um, this is going to be such a great conversation for people to listen to. And if they have more questions, obviously they can come and find you, but there's been so much information in here. I've learned so much today. um, So I'm really thankful for that. So thanks. I'm looking forward to seeing you, um, Roxanne. It would be really good. Yeah, definitely. And lots more. Hey? Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Roxanne. Thanks. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the Rise of Her podcast. I am a one-woman show, so if you have a moment to leave a review, I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you again, and bye for now.